and then I started my business. I had no money, and I would I learned that whenever I needed something, even though rent would be due a certain day and I would have maybe $25 in my bank account, that the Lord would provide what I needed that day. And so people would call me, and they would say, you evaluated my student, my child, you know, two months ago, and we want to bring you some money today and uh, pay mm. down on your program. So there would be the provision. And it happened over and over and over like that. And I began to see that I was living in the midst of just one miraculous event after another. Welcome to TFC Conversations, where we want to strengthen your faith one conversation at a time. Welcome, everyone, to TFC Conversations podcast. I am your host, Frankie Benitez. I'm your host, Alex Miller, and we are blessed to have Mrs. Kristen Jones on the podcast with us. Thank you, Kristen, for coming. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a couple of questions we'd like to ask you to get the conversation going. And the first question is, what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal? Um, shrimp gumbo. I'm a Cajun, so. Well, that's awesome. I love shrimp gumbo. Do you? Good answer. And you were the quickest person to answer. Would you agree, Frankie? Yeah. Most people have to think about it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, I have all kinds of things I like to eat. That's but awesome. That's probably at the very top of the list. That's awesome. Well, and? the second question, um, as kind of an icebreaker, is what are some things you like to do in your free time? Hobbies or activities? <laughs> oh, man. Now, that will be hard to nail down just to a couple, but um, I love gardening and working in the yard, and I love spending time with the grandkids. And um, when I really carve out some time to do it, I love playing the guitar and wow. uh, singing. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I do that. And, of course, I love spending time with Gary. It's probably at the top of the list. So. <laughs> good, good. So let's just begin with the beginning. Uh, we'd just like to know a little bit about uh, your upbringing, just your, your story growing up, and just a little bit more about you. Okay. Well, um, I'm the daughter of a veterinarian, so uh, life was very fun, you know, being raised in the home of a, of a veterinarian because we always had interesting animals, and it mm. wasn't just dogs and cats, but my dad worked on a lot of large animals, and then he would have uh, ocelots and, you know, wild animals that come, would come in, and wow. he would descent a litter of skunks, and one time he <laughs> said that his fee for descending the skunks was to keep one of the skunks, and so he gave it to me. <laughs> and uh, That's funny. so I raised that little skunk. And um, I had all kinds of animals that you can imagine, everything. My mother was very generous with uh, permitting me to have all kinds of animals in the home. So I had everything that any kid would want from gerbils to mice to birds and hamsters, guinea pigs, um, yeah, ferrets, all kinds of stuff. So that was fun. So I, I had a lot of interesting experiences growing up just because my dad was a vet. So we had cattle, we had a ranch, and so I was outside a lot and had horses and 
had a real wonderful upbringing, very happy, wonderful Now, were, were you raised in a, a Christian home? I was. Um, my parents took us to church from the time I was born, so I heard the gospel at a young age. It's interesting because I went down during a revival that James mm. Robinson was holding at our church. That's before he was really big. That's when he was staunch Baptist. And uh, so he, we were in a Baptist church. And um, so I'm sure he was given the plan of salvation, and my whole Sunday school class went down, so I went down too. <laughs> and I felt a little bad that I was going down because the Sunday school class went down. I didn't want to be left out. But my younger brother came with me. I was 11, and he was 9. So he probably really got saved, and I don't think I really did. But um, I made the commitment just because I didn't want to be left out of the Sunday school class. But there was, there was some kind of a keeping power over my life. So I don't know how much my heart was in it, but I know that I seemed to have a protection over my life. And um, all through my teen years and everything. And then when I was 20, I, um, I had a boyfriend that would stand me up and not treat me very well. So I was very unhappy about that. I was living on my own. I was in college. And so I was talking to my mother one night on the phone about that, about how miserable I was because, you know, my boyfriend wasn't treating me right. And my mother shared the gospel with me, and she said, you know, your problem is you need to give your life to the Lord. Hmm. And my parents had had a real interesting thing happen. They, um, about a year before this, they had gotten involved with some charismatic Episcopalians. And oh, wow. hmm. my parents were Baptist, and so it was unusual. But, yeah. you know, my parents were spirit-filled and, and really um, had a major visible change in their lives. So I was impressed with that. And I knew that I wanted what they had, but I wasn't really willing to explore what it was. But, I, you know, I liked what I saw. So that night when my mom was talking to me on the phone, I, um, I didn't know because of my upbringing what I needed to do because I thought I'm already saved. I walked the aisle. So I guess I'll just phrase my prayer like this. So I asked the Lord to just, take my life over. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed to be saved, rededicated my life. I didn't know the verbiage and terminology I needed to use. But I had an amazing encounter with the Lord. I didn't know that that was not just a normal salvation experience. But that night, I actually had a visitation in my home. And uh, I felt the Holy Spirit wow. in my home. And I was so changed I didn't go to sleep the whole night. I was so changed that when I went to work the next day, and um, I was a nurse, and I went to work, and I just announced to the entire group of people I was working with that I was going to quit my job and become a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And because I thought that's what you needed to do. You know, now that you, I was really changed. And so I was trying to explain to everybody what happened to me, and, and everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> so two weeks later, I quit my job, and they gave me a going-away party because I told them I was going to go be a Wycliffe Bible translator. And um, 
they <laughs> made fun of me, but kind of in a nice way. And they had a going away party for me. And they had all these posters on the wall where uh, this woman missionary was burning in a pot where the natives were around, Whoa. you know, the fire, like burning her in the pot of whatever. So they said, this is going to happen to you when you go to these unknown <laughs> <laughs> unknown lands. And I said, oh, well. And uh, so that's what I did. Wow. I went with Wycliffe Bible Translators. And um, and from there, um, it was very cool. I, I went to University of Oklahoma with a Summer Institute of Linguistics. And it was a very religious organization. There are lovely people, wonderful people that I met. But um, a lot of religion. And there was a couple that singled me out. There were probably about 500 people there. And this young couple, I was 20 and they were 19. They were married. Hmm. And they singled me out and they asked me if I wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was not the, the, the mode of the place we were. That was, they didn't talk about stuff like that. So yeah. I said, sure. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. They said, okay, meet us in our, our dorm tonight, and we'll pray with you and explain. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, they mm-hmm. prayed with me. They singled me out of all those people, and they prayed with me, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was in about August. And so the next month I went to Bible college and um, started dating the man that I soon married. And and he also uh, did not agree with that theology. And so when he found out that I was going to a spirit-filled church, he said the devil was there and um, I shouldn't be involved in that. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be involved in anything the devil's in. So I, I put everything on the shelf and uh, left that church and started down a whole different path mm. and uh, was married for 25 years. And then it was interesting, the first thing that happened to me when I was separated from my husband was I went back to Spirit-Filled Church. And um, it was just amazing the changes that began to happen. And I began to understand what it was like to walk in the power of the Spirit, and it totally transformed my life. So you went 25 years. 25. Without, and, and during that time, did you still practice spiritual gifts or anything like that? I didn't know about spiritual gifts, but I was okay. very committed to the Lord and, and loved the Lord deeply. But mm. I didn't understand. I think the biggest thing that I didn't understand was I had been involved throughout some of those 25 years in Calvinistic-type churches. Mm-hmm. So everything was... Um, God's sovereignty, mm. you know, uh, Calvinism. And um, so you didn't really have much free will. It's because God has everything planned out, and you just go with the plan. And the first thing that I remember learning being in a spirit-filled church was what faith really was. Because I thought faith was just trusting God to work out His will. And so my prayer life would be sort of like this, you know, I just, I would like for this to happen, Lord, but if that's not your will, Mm. you know, I want your will. So I focused my prayers on whatever your will is, Lord, about everything. And I never really knew that I had any involvement in that at all. 
But then I came to understand that it's impossible to please God without faith, so I need to know what faith is. So I began to understand that faith is bringing things from heaven, from the unseen into the seen realm through your belief system. And I, be- I began to believe for very big things and ask for very big things. And I did not always say, um, if this is your will, because I began to feel like if I was delighted in the Lord, then he would give me the desires of my heart. So I began to pray for things that only God could do. And he started transforming my world. And it just changed me. That, that understanding that faith is the substance of what you hope for as if it's already there, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so you're pulling things from that unseen realm into the scene through your faith. And it, it's just changed my life. And I've, I've believed for very big things. And I've seen them manifest. And um, so the world calls it law of attraction. Mm-hmm. They've stolen it from the Word of God. Because what you focus on really does manifest, good or bad, and how you speak about things will manifest as well. But it's because that's how faith works. And the world has hijacked faith and called it the law of attraction. And they've written books about it and made movies about it called The Secret. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it really does work. It works for, for non-believers too. Because um, they're attracting things through their beliefs, you know, into their life. Mm. And uh, so... Um, Oprah it, loves it. I know Yeah, that. she loves it. <laughs> but I love it too. And, um, and it, yeah. it really is a, a wonderful aspect to, to understand how true faith works. And that the Lord delights in giving us the desires of our heart. Amen. Yeah. You know, so. so you mentioned the uh, the young couple that was instrumental for you to come and encounter the Holy Spirit. So during that period of time where you started rediscovering God and, and just getting more in death with Him, mm-hmm. was there people specifically that helped you along the way, or how did that play Well, out? I went to Bible college initially when I was first saved, and I I appreciate that time. I think I had to unlearn a lot that I learned, but I appreciate that time because I learned a lot about biblical history and how God works through the ages. It was more of a dispensational type of college, so I had to unlearn some things that I think I was really trapped in for a while, but I still had a good working knowledge of the Bible, and I appreciated that and studying you know, Hebrew and New Testament, Old Testament survey, and and things that gave me a good understanding of the whole theme of the Word from a historical standpoint. Since then, you know, I've begun to see Jesus in everything that's historical and the revelation of Jesus throughout the entire Bible, even in the things that just seem like stories. Right. You know, so... But um, that was, I appreciated that time very much. And and you mentioned, Kristen, too, that you began to start believing God 
and seen him manifest some big things. Would you mind sharing what some of those, maybe some, what some of those big things were and how you saw those manifest? Sure. Um, I went through a divorce after 25 years, and it was the uh, most traumatic time of my life. It was the worst time of my life, but it was the best time of my life if that makes any sense. I don't ever want to go through some of those things again, but the things that I learned set me on a course for the rest of my life to really see the bigness, if I could use that word, of who God is. And when I first uh, was divorced, I had I was a nurse for many years, you know, before I was divorced, but then I raised the kids and homeschooled the kids and so I hadn't worked in 25 years, and so I had to do something, and I was licensed as a cognitive therapist in the 90s, so I thought, I'm really medical, but and I didn't know much about business, but I knew that that's what the Lord would have me do, because I was still homeschooling the kids, and there was a sequence of events that happened where I actually ended up living uh, in a home that had an office at the back with a separate entrance, and it was a setup, really, from the Lord. Mm. It was right next to a parking lot where my clients could all park. And um, But getting in that house was, um, was a real trick because I had a credit score of 400. I didn't even know oh, wow. what credit score was, mm. but my ex-husband had bought some things in my name that I didn't know about. So when I came to open up a bank account and put my $200 that I had to my name in the bank account, no bank would open an account for me. Mm. And because of things that I didn't know about that my name had been on and my credit score was 400. So um, when I got into the house, I went directly to the owner that was renting the house. I didn't go through the agency and I had favor with her, and I. she didn't know I was separated, but I you know, told her that I knew I had a credit score of 400, but that you know, things were different now, and we were on a different path. She didn't know I was separated, and because um, I didn't want to tell her that, because I thought she'll never rent to me then, because she'll think, you know, there's a lot of instability here, and, and there was. But, you know, I was on this new path, and um, the Lord got me in that house, miraculously. And then I started my business. I had no money. And I would, I learned that whenever I needed something, even though rent would be due a certain day, and I would have maybe $25 in my bank account, that the Lord would provide what I needed that day. And so people would call me, and they would say, you evaluated my student, my child, you know, two months ago. And we want to bring you some money today and uh, pay mm. down on your program. So there would be the provision. And it happened over and over and over like that. And I began to see that I was living in the midst of just one miraculous event after another. Wow. And also I caught hold of the verse that says that God would be um, a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow. And I was in a widow state, so I was completely taken care of. Mm -hmm. I felt covered, you know, as by the Lord as my husband. 
Mm-hmm. It was a, really such a wonderful experience for me, although it was very hard because it required constant um, faith to believe that I was actually going to be able to provide for my kids. Wow. And, and it would always come through. You know, so I learned to believe for right up the, to the time that I needed something. So I never really had to live like that to that extent. And so it changed my life because now I've believed the Lord for even greater things than that. And um, I know that he's faithful. And I know that nothing's impossible for him. So I learned through those times what it was like to the extent that when I met my husband, Gary, I did not know whether I really wanted to transfer uh, to an earthly husband, having mm-hmm. been taken such good care of by the Lord. And wow. uh, the Lord made it clear to me that that was what he had for me. And uh, and I was, of course, very happy about that. <laughs> but it was to that, that point where I felt so uh, taken care of by the Lord as my husband that I didn't want to mess that up. Because I mm-hmm. thought it didn't get any better than this. Right. So, so how long were you were you a single mom for? How long? Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. I have seven children. I was single seven years. I mean, there's something about these numbers. <laughs> yeah. So. And yes. that was when the business was building up. Could you could you expound a little more on how the business uh, Learning Enhancement Center got to where it is today? Yes. Um, there was a lady that used to go to this church. A lot of people know her. Her name is Feather Justice. She's passed away. And uh, she had the tenacity of a bulldog. And mm. I didn't know her very well, but she, I met her through antiquing because I had a little antique booth and she did antiques. And I met her a few months before I was separated. So the the day that I left it was a pretty tragic day for us, but it was a day that I knew that I needed to to separate. And so she found out about it and she asked me, I was going to the Salvation Army with my children because I didn't have a home. And she asked me if I would stay with her. So I went over there barely knowing her and stayed at her house with all seven of my kids. And while I was there, um, I looked across the street and I'll never forget saying this. There was a for sale sign in the yard across the street. And I said, well, Maybe that's the house the Lord has for me. There was just no way that that was possible in human terms for me to live in that house. And, but the doors opened, and um, I went to PATH, and PATH agreed to give me half my rent, but half my rent was $400, and I didn't even have $400 to pay, you know, my half. Well, I went to get their half, um, I guess it was a few days before the first of the year, and they were closed for two weeks, although they had committed to help me get in that house. So I didn't know what I was going to do mm. because I'd already committed myself to move in the house, and I had told the Lord that if he didn't help me because I knew I didn't see any way possible for me to even live my life. If he didn't help me, then I would fail. So I had to have his help. And so... When I went to PATH and they were closed, and there goes the other 400. I didn't even have the 400 I needed, but I couldn't get their 400 either. Wow. Then my friend Feather called a friend and um, said, Kristen's starting this business, and she's helping struggling students. Well, her son needed help, and I told her I'd take her half price. 
And so that was my first student. They used to go here also, uh, Bob and Kimmy Sanders and their son Dustin. People that have been here a while at Trinity, they know them. And uh, the Sanders and Doc Sanders went here as a very close friend of the Kirkwoods. But anyway, that was my first student. And um, it was just little by little by little that mm. I built up my business. And uh, it's just a real miraculous story. You know, in, in human terms, it should never happen. You know, there's no way humanly wow. possible. But Yeah. I love that. I love that about your story. It seems to be like a something that happens over and over again, just a miraculous, you know, mm -hmm. without explanation, without right. making any sense of it. The Lord just provides and just supernaturally. So if you're listening to this, man, we just we just believe that for you as well. Yes. That God is, is the God of the impossibles. And we may have to ask you to pray at the end for for those who are maybe dealing with situations that have overcome them and maybe yes, even surpassed their their capacity in uh because, yeah, we, we need that anointing, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, um, and, and Kristen, I guess the, the last question we, we, um, we're really curious about is right now in your life, what, what are some things that God's doing currently in this time? Well, there's always so much. Um, yeah. But because now I have seven children. Gary has two, so we have nine wow. with us, you know, between us, and we have 19 grandchildren. So our lives are very full. Um, we are we we own some property. We're in the process of building another Airbnb. We have one already. We're building another one. They're starting on it next week. So we have a lot of project things like that that are going on, and we feel like at this juncture of our life that God has called us to steward all the things that our life is full with, especially our children and our grandchildren, and because that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so uh, we spend a lot of time with our family and with the grandkids and, and uh, pouring into their lives. And so that's, yeah. you know, there's not much time for other things because running a business and, and Gary is working full-time as a landman, it's, uh, we make sure that we have a lot of time together ourselves and um, make a priority of that ourselves. So the Lord is just, we're, we're moving at this point in life, through life, um, embracing the peace of God for every day that, you know, is so full of so much. And uh, we have a great fulfillment in that. So Yeah, and I guess we didn't ask you, like, how did you meet your husband. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good question. We, we didn't oh. ask her. And I was, I was thinking the whole time, there, there's probably going to be another miraculous story. So that's why <laughs> I'm is really, this, I'll, I'll really shorten it for you, but it's a really interesting story that um, I had gone, Kimmy Sanders had been going to a, a church in Longview, Longview Metro. And so she asked me if I would send my kids to this camp at... Um, SAGU, Southwest Assembly of God, the Longview Church did this camp every summer. And she said, when it comes around, I'll tell you about it. So it came around in the summer of 2007. And she asked me if the kids would go, and I said, sure. And so then she asked me at the last minute if I would counsel. So I'd be a camp counselor. 
Well, that required me to close my business because I I was probably the only person working in my business. I might have had one teacher at the time. And so I had to close my business, but I told her I would. So I closed for a week and was a camp counselor. And uh, I met this woman there, and she said, I have this man I would like for you to meet. I wasn't the least bit interested. I wasn't <laughs> interested. I mean, I was so happy with my life that I was not interested at all. She said, well, I'd like for him to meet you, but um, he's dating someone, but it, that's not going to work out. <laughs> and she said, and when it doesn't work out for him, you know, can I give him your number? <laughs> I, don't, awesome. I hardly even remember mm. the conversation, like whatever. And so... That was in June. She called me in September. I hadn't talked with her since then. And she said, remember that man I was telling you about? And I, I barely remembered it. And, but I said, yeah, because I didn't want to seem, you know, rude. And she <laughs> said, um, can I give him your number? He's not dating that woman anymore. I said, that'd be fine, uh, but give me his name and his number, and I'd like to put it in my phone just to give myself a heads up if he calls me. And actually... I was planning on putting his number in there, and when he called, I wasn't going to answer because I did not want to meet him. I didn't want to be set up, and I just wasn't interested. Well, he didn't call me. And so then I started feeling kind of mad about it, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, he'd like me if he met me. He won't even call me. <laughs> so so he'd never called me. And so I, I sent my kids to, um, let's see, in October up to this ranch where they were having a true love weights thing. And I took the two youngest, and they brought a friend with them. And I found out after I, I signed them up for, their, for that that Gary was going to be there because he was the business manager of the wealthy ranch owner that had like 2,000 acres up there, and they had a business, and Gary did all of his business stuff. I found out he was going to be there. I thought, okay, you know, we'll just see what this is all about. So I took the kids up there, and somebody had told me, you know, what he looked like and to look for him. So I knew his daughter. I'd met her at camp, and I saw him talking to her, and I thought, I bet that's him. And the interesting thing was was that I didn't even see his face. I saw him walking away and talking to his daughter, and it was way across the property. But I, it's like my heart was just knit to his, and I thought, what, what's going on with you? It, I hadn't even met him. I hadn't even seen his face. Hmm. So he's walking, doing something, and I kind of ignored him, and I turned around, and he's sitting on a step pouring water out of his boots. He'd fallen in the pool, and I didn't <laughs> know that. I didn't see him fall in the pool, but I had to go get my kids' things out of the car, and um, so I had to walk right past him because there was one way to get out of there. And I thought, this is a perfect time to go introduce myself to him. And I, I was being a little snotty about it because, remember, he had never called me. So he's sitting down and pouring water out of his boots. And I walked past him, and I sh- stuck my hand out. I said, hi, I'm Kristen. And he said, I know who you are. So he had been given a heads up that I was going to be there. And so... Um, you know, he said, nice to meet you and all that. Then I left, and I came back the next day to get my kids, and he he practically met me at the gate. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, from that point on, we we really were just connected. And um, 
uh, I think we both knew right away that God was doing something to bring us together. It was a divine setup. So it, it was sounds definitely like. a setup. And, um, and, uh, so how long have you been married now? 13 years. 13 years. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, glorious years. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. And uh, again, I, I, do, I do appreciate you being here. And I, I would like, actually, if you could pray, because uh, I really feel like maybe there's people out there that may yes. maybe going through a, through a tough season. And uh, just hearing your story and hearing how the Lord has pulled you through all that. Absolutely. I think that would be amazing for you to pray for I'd someone. I'd be happy to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for this time. I just thank you for um, having divine appointments. And Lord, if there is someone that's listening that that just needs a touch from you, they need an intervention, they need for you to show up in a big way in their lives, Lord, I'd pray that you would do that and be that for them and they would be open and willing to uh, invest their faith and their belief into trusting you to perform whatever miraculous thing you have for them, Lord. You're the God of the impossible, and you're a God that does not show partiality or respecter of people, Mm -hmm. but you love us all, Lord. And I just pray for whoever needs that encouragement, that they would be willing to stretch out their faith and trust you for whatever it is in their life, finances, healing, uh, broken relationships, Lord, you are the God of it all. I thank you for loving us so much, Lord. I thank you for showing your might to us and for um, showing up at the most difficult times in our lives, Lord. Thank you so much for this time, and I I pray that your peace would be over all those that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on. You're welcome. I know I was blessed by, by your testimony. Yep. So we thank you again. You're welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I didn't know what I was coming for, but (laughs) (laughs) I was just willing to whatever it was. Absolutely. So um, good, good. Well, thank you to everyone listening. And uh, Alex, cue the outro music. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) See you next time (laughs) on TFC Conversations. All right. See you later. Bye-bye.